Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about investing in startups, where existing investors can learn how to get the best deal possible. And those that have never before invested in startups can learn the keys to success from the venture experts. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome to another special release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts discuss a startup that they did invest in, what the key factors were that led to yes, and how that investment has worked out. Here's the segment called Why I Invested. On today's special segment, we have Leo Polovitz of Cease Ventures. Leo, can you walk us through a situation where you did decide to invest, what the key factors were that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far? Sure. So um, my fund invested in this company called LendUp out here in San Francisco. And what they do is they have a much less predatory and much more um, synergistic approach to helping uh, people who need payday loans. So the way that industry works today, or the way it worked until a few years ago, especially, is you know people go to like the local check cashing place, they borrow like two hundred dollars to pay their utility bill or whatever, and then you know a few weeks later they have to pay back like three hundred dollars. It was mm-hmm. a pretty pretty exorbitant rate for a short term loan. LendUp is an online provider of short term loans, and what they do is first they educate you, they tell you exactly what kind of loan you would get, what the rate is. Um, you know, what your alternatives are depending on how long you want to borrow the money for. But they also track your behavior. They see how much time do you spend looking into the terms of the loan or do you just try to get you know, as much money as you can as fast as possible. Um, they also look at repeat usage. So for these existing payday lenders, if you borrow from one once, you come back tomorrow, they give you the same rate for the same loan. LendUp actually uses historical data. They say, oh, you know, you borrowed from us three months ago, you paid it back hey, we'll give you a bigger loan with a smaller interest rate. And they keep doing that so that they call it the lend-up ladder, where basically after you've paid your loans off a few times on time, uh, you're actually getting really, really good rates relative to what you could have been getting before. So my partners and I really like this because the founders are amazing. We really like the mission of you know, taking a predatory market and making it not predatory. And in fact, you know, lend-up even reports back to credit bureaus, so it like helps somebody rebuild their credit. And then I think the data advantage was something we really appreciated too, which was not only was LendUp making better decisions because they were using data, but also the more loans they issued, the more they saw which ones got repaid and which ones didn't, the better they'd be able to issue loans and predict credit in the future. And they're doing super well. And they're actually able to get the cash to folks that clearly they need the cash on demand if they're going to payday lenders already. So they're able to get that transaction cleared in quick order. Yeah. And what's interesting is, so the way people find uh, these lenders online is 
they'll go to Google and they'll search for payday loans San Francisco ah. and they get you know 20 ads from AdWords and they just start clicking through them one by one until one of them says okay you're approved for a loan and one of the interesting things is because you know the existing payday lenders don't use sophisticated credit models they all kind of use the same simple model and so you know let's say that they can give loans to 50% of people and the other 50% go past the model because LendUp uses data and they can make better decisions, maybe they can issue loans to 60% instead of 50%. So that means there's like 10% of people where LendUp has a monopoly because those people will click through the other lenders, get rejected, and then when they click on LendUp, they get approved. And then you know after that, they start using LendUp more and more. So it's a great business model in a lot of different ways. Anything about the founding team there? Did they have some background in... Yeah, the lending industry. It was uh, a great combination. If I remember correctly, I think the CEO Sasha had worked at uh, the World Bank for a while and got really interested in microfinance, and so he had kind of the the economics and the philanthropy experience. And then the CTO Jake was uh, one of the early employees at Yahoo. Um, I think he was one of the first hundred employees, and he actually joined while he was still in high school or just finishing up high school. So he was like really good on the technology side. So it was a really great duo. On today's special segment, we have Mike Collette of Promus Ventures. Mike, can you walk us through a situation where you did decide to invest, what the key factors were that led you to yes, and how that investment has worked out so far? Yeah, sure. So, uh, well, let's just keep with that high valuation theme. I'll give you a situation where we learned you know, a lesson of not making that the only variable and actually invested in something where we thought was high. And this investment was working out extremely well. So, you know, we had several um, several investments in teams, or you know, in a, in a similar area, a similar stack. And so, we knew the downstream markets very, very well. We were very familiar with the regulatory environment in this case. We were introduced a little late into the round, and so we sort of first came in saying, "Well, this is you know, it's going to take a little more for us to get in this if we want to do this because the valas." is high, but I remembered that earlier company that we screwed up. And so when we first met with the team, they just absolutely blew us away. I mean, in passion and energy and hustle, uh, you know, fit, vision, confidence. I mean, they had every answer to every question we asked. And then they gave us a spreadsheet with six tabs detailing more. I mean, it was, it was fantastic. And, and the impressive part actually was just how thought out the founder was on where he was going and what the model looked like and the industry and the supply chain issues he was going to face and how to get around some of those. And so everybody in venture always talks about how important the people are, that variable. And that is the truth. That variable should be massively high in the formula. It's, it's very big for us. And as I get older and older, I think it's Almost all, frankly, but you know, so when a team jumps out and tackles you without kind of enthusiasm and backs it up in an area that you're very passionate about, you got to do that. You just got to do the deal. And so we sat around the table and just said, you know, we got to do this. Like this is out of our discipline of what we normally do, but our job is to make returns, right? Our job is, is to, to create excess returns over above the market. And, and at times you got to go earlier than, than you normally do. And at times you got to go later. I mean, 85% of what we do is, you know, pre-A and some of it's, some of it's pre-seed and some of it's later. So this was a later one, but it has been fantastic. And um, we hopefully learned our lesson the first time. 
At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Nathan Benesh of Playfair Capital. Nathan, can you tell us about a startup that you did invest in and why you chose to invest? Yeah, sure. Um, so, so you know, the, the areas that we, for context, that we, that we usually look at when we make an investment is uh, is team foremost. We look at uh, about the we look at the problem domain, then we look at the market and macro trends, and then we, we consider some competition. So, with that framework, um, you know, the, the business that, that we invested in. Uh, recently, that I'm one of the most proud of is a uh, business called Mapillary, which is essentially uh, creating uh, an open source Street View product where they take uh, images created by a, a segment of users that are all that are all enthusiastically mapping places in the world. So they're taking uh, sequential images of paths that they cycle or or walk down or, or drive. Um, and then they're uploading these the, these systems into Mapillary's um, uh, servers, and uh, Mapillary will then stitch all these images together and, and create a three D visualization of that path. Now, like the, the this problem, which is visually mapping the world, is is just vast. Uh, and when you compare the differences in coverage um, that Google Street View has with with others, really, this this is such a huge. Um, surface area in the world that is that is unmapped, um, and it's largely unmapped because there's there's sometimes no economic, no perceived economic value to mapping it because uh, the cost to, to creating those maps is is far too great because it's requiring very uh, high cost r- camera rigs uh, essentially that are being carried on the on, on the tops of cars, and those cars can only navigate on uh, on oftentimes like paved roads and and uh, and, and therefore only focus on densely populated metropolitan areas. Sure. Um, and, and really what you're seeing is that with the proliferation of, of smartphones and, and action cameras, um, you know, one can take pictures of essentially anything. And if you create a, a scalable, democratized um, platform that allows uh, the, the accumulation of this imagery and essentially a, a low-cost way of generalizing visualizations, and you know, we think that it's, a, it's an incredibly powerful uh, knowledge set that, that otherwise isn't available, and on the and on the team front, it's really one of the uh, the best teams that, that we think is, is fit for tackling this because uh, one of the founders, a longtime computer vision engineer and researcher, 
built one of the first visual recognition companies. It was acquired by Apple. His co-founder uh, wrote the Neo4j graph database. Uh, and the rest of his team are all excellent computer vision researchers and, and infrastructures uh, engineers that are you know properly uh, equipped with the tools to be able to to create this kinds of this kind of architecture that can deal with you know hundreds of millions and, and at some point billions of images and and navigate this complex graph of of images to create these visualizations and you know as we as we mentioned a little bit during this podcast which is the future of autonomous uh, vehicles you know we think that vision is one of the core uh, core technologies that can really enable this future to, to become a reality and and therefore mapping data is of is of incredible is of incredible value and and really one of the only competitors in the space uh, is google um, so so for those reasons um, we're particularly proud of, of backing this business that will wrap up this installment of investor stories Head over to thefullratchet.net to leave a comment, sign up for the newsletter, or find resources discussed on any of the episodes. Until next time, remember to over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for listening.